Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Love it, love it, love it. Love the worship as we worship God. I, I saw a quote and it said, As we worship God, His will comes down. I think, uh, to be honest, one of the most strategic things that we can do in these days, instead of the last days, which sounds almost a bit corny now, uh, I like to say these days. And uh, these days meaning that we're in some really uh, interesting days. The Bible would call them, obviously, the last days. And uh, as we're worshiping God also, uh, through our worship, I believe the forces of darkness are being pushed back and righteousness prevails. Amen. Who believes that? So you came in a bit heavy, dark clouds over you, sickness trying to get at you, uh, whatever things buffeting you, you're being constrained uh, from your best life. Well, as of now, through that worship, the forces of darkness are pushed back and God's kingdom is arising in your hearts. Actually, it says, the morning star, Jesus arising in your hearts, it says in Peter, the epistle of Peter. And I love this. I love the vision builder. So can we just stand for a moment? And uh, agree with all the other C3 churches that are doing vision builders. And I notice a lot of new people in the house. And to give them an understanding and to welcome them into the stewardship of God's kingdom. I said stewardship of God's kingdom. And some people might say, what does stewardship mean? Which is the most important part of your whole life. Meaning that God created you. Now you're responsible to your own life unto him but you're responsible to that which he gives you is all the resources your time your talent your treasure all that you have basically you're accountable to that so what is stewardship it's one who manages others property meaning finances the giftedness that we have and even our own life the bible says in psalm 24 verse 4 uh, verse 1 it says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. I say this again. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Who believes in that? And I read this quote this week. Stewardship not only points us towards the rightful owner, it also alerts us to the question of accountability. If all the resources we manage belong to the Lord, then one day we will give an account to him of how we utilized those resources. Amen. So just as you're standing there, Father, we join with the, uh, the other C3 churches in Vision Builders. And uh, Lord, we know that we are ultimately doing the same thing, stirring hearts for those, for those people, Lord God, that you have placed in the midst of, of our church to be stirred in their hearts to give 
generously, willingly, sacrificially to build your church. As Pastor Garth said, Jesus is building his church and the gates of Hades will not prevail, meaning that the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of poverty, the gates of lack, the gates of doubt, they shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ that is arising in every nation, taking ground back from the enemy and displacing the darkness of doubt, lack and poverty and releasing God and His abundance. The Bible says in John 10.10, the devil comes to steal, cheat and destroy. But then Jesus said in the next breath, but I have come to give life, life abundantly. And that's what we want to see for your life and for our neighbor's lives and for the people in our workplace and all the people around our life, our extended family. We want them to know Christ. We want them to know that they are born for something so much more than than their selfish self, but they are born to make a difference in this world. And the saints say, amen. God bless you. Worship team are doing good. Give them a hand, everyone. Our worship goes up and God's will comes down. I love that. Thank you so much. Whoever designed that, that is brilliant. I think you had a lot to do with that. Pastor Julie. Give it up for Julie. She does so well. So please, as you're, as you're listening to me, it's a bit of a show and tell this morning. And um, a bit of a show and tell. So as you uh, prepare to give, the FPOS machine, uh, Katrina is in the house this morning. She's waving her hands, flailing her hands. And in this church, we let you get up after the giving message and you can run to the FPOS machine because a lot of people don't carry cash anymore. People do cards, and you can certainly use that at the FPOS machine. Online giving is encouraged. And uh, look, just find some means and ways to give, and you'll be blessed. So our theme is being better together. Say better together. And we're in Vision Builders. So welcome to the stewardship program of, of Vision Builders. This is us. We're about 19 years into it, two school halls. 10, 5 years, we're in the building. It's all to do with the people in the church supporting our vision. We're not supported by the government. We're not supported by Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, We've sent letters to Maccas, Kentucky, and we've still not got a response back for them to say yes. Uh, We had to go back to the Bible program, the Bible program of tithes and offerings, and uh, we tried to bake some cakes, and we only raised $3.50, and that didn't work. We tried to do uh, wash the cars. We had the youth wash the cars, and we made $33.70, but that didn't work. So we had to go back to the Bible, and the Bible talks about in Malachi, tithes and offering. Tithes, it says, as we give our tithes to the, to the work of the church, the work of the ministry, that supplies food in the house. What's the food? That's the bread. That's the Word of God. That's the gospel. When people come into the house, people encounter the gospel of good news. Amen. So the Bible says, as we give our tithe, what's the tithe for? It's for the ministry. It's for the food. It's for the preaching. It's for the word of God to bless and resurrect people unto salvation. That's what we do. Offerings is what you sow strategically, hopefully to vision builders. And in that, the Bible says, you can be blessed with a harvest of 30, 60, 100 fold. So just to put, I see a lot of people in the house, I'm just putting things in context. Psalm 31, 23. A couple of scriptures this morning before we take up the offering. 
Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart. Say this for me. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. I love this photo. I hope they got it. It's a man helping someone else up the mountain. Have they got that? I love that. And what that shows to me is this. Ultimately, what the church is doing is helping people up, firstly, into salvation, then being transformed, and then ultimately they're engaged in their destiny. Because God knew you, the Bible says, even in your mother's womb. It says that in Psalm 133. Even in your mother's womb, God was knitting you together with a purpose, a purpose to honor Him, glorify Him, and to join with Him in a purpose to glorify Him, but to join with His work on the planet to rescue mankind from a lostness, a lost position unto salvation. So the first thing that this picture tells me is that we're helping people, our tithes and offerings and vision builders is helping people up out of the abyss. You know anyone in the abyss? You know anyone in, the, in, in darkness? The Bible says in Psalms, constantly says, the pit, in a pit, we're helping people up out of that pit. Maybe they're sick. Maybe they're just downright down and out and they need helping up and they need you. They need you. They need us to help them up unto salvation. Then there's this exponential opportunity. So this spoke to me. I love these. I get these off Instagram. And I love this. So what happens when this scripture, just, just leave that up, and I'm going to read this scripture up. I'm going to read this scripture, guys. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. I say, this is the scripture in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. It says, do nothing out of, self, out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, say rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationship with another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. This really spoke to me. And so we just gave a scripture that gave uh, credence to what this little, just beautiful little simple diagram. Better for me is the big circle there. Better for me, self-interest, me, myself, and I. But seemingly, when you join your heart, <clears throat> when you give of yourself through your time, your talent, your treasure, when you join to make the world better, whether it be in your just your very close proximity of friends and family, or your church, or your community, or your nation, or the world, C3 Nairobi, seemingly, I love what this says, exponential opportunity breaks out in your life. So there's self-interest and there's broader interest. Usually, usually, when you're young, you're very selfish and your world is about this big. But when you grow up, I think when you get to your late teens, maybe for men it's different, it's about mid-twenties actually. Girls late teens, early twenties, men when they're 25 so psychologists tell me when they're 20 when men hit 25 their world opens up 
and they realize, oh my God, I live in a big world. I live in the proximity of a community. I live in a world where other people exist. Amen. And so usually as the born-again believer realizes that we're born again to break us out of self-interest and to break us into the interest that God has for the rest of the planet, your neighbors and mine. Amen. Bible says it like this, Matthew 16, 25, they haven't got this scripture, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. I love this statement, the word, the word, uh, the world of the generous gets larger, the world of the stingy gets smaller. Uh, that's, a, that's a, whoa, that's a kicker, isn't it? The world of the generous gets larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller. When you look at this, when you look at the chapter, <laughs> 2 Corinthians chapter 9, that whole chapter is talking about giving, taking up the offering. Paul is talking about taking up the offering in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I know I pulled out these phrases and uh, these phrases would go like this, um, ready to give, they were ready to give. They had enthusiasm. They were stirred to action. They were stirred to action. Are these coming up in PowerPoint? Do I need to give? No, okay. Be ready to give. Uh, Generous gift that you had promised. These are statements in this whole chapter. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. And the last statement, God loves a cheerful giver. Then if you continue to read on 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10 says, Now, say now, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous in every occasion, especially the vision builders, and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Now if I can have that picture up, that would be great. Because the next scripture I'm going to read in verse 12 says this, in lieu of Pastor Garth and Jamie going to Nairobi in five weeks' time to start C3 Nairobi Church, this is the scripture that we need to be reminded of in verse 12. This service, what service? The service of being generous and giving, not looking just after our own interests, but looking after the interests of others, especially those in our own church. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but, say but, also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So then I read down at the end of that chapter, and as a concluding statement, why do we give tithes and offerings? I say, why do we give tithes and offerings? 2 Corinthians 9.13 is the key. It's in the same chapter. It's right at the end of that chapter. 2 Corinthians 9.13 says, why do you crazy Christians give to the Lord? Help me, I'm still not getting it. I'm still not understanding why you're so generous to the church, why you give. Help me. Well, it's, it's mainly because of this. Because of the service, verse 13, because of the service by which you have proven yourselves, we might just put that scripture up, guys, if you can. I want people to see this one. Because of the service by which you have proven yourselves, Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession 
of the gospel of Christ. There it is there. That's why we give. It's because we weren't saved all the time. We got saved, radically saved, and we're so blessed by that fact that we are saved, bound for, the, bound for heaven, loved extremely, extremely loved by God. We are so blessed and moved by that, that actually that testimony, Revelations chapter 12 says, we overcome the enemy by the blood of Christ and by our testimony. That testimony that we are saved is the confession of the gospel and it's in the confession of the gospel is the reason that we give our tithe and offerings. So why do you give, you crazy Christians? We give because it accompanies the confession of the gospel and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. So we give, our tithe is done. It's a done deal because it's for others to be saved. The tithe is for others for, to hear the gospel. It's for the ministry to go out. That's a done deal. We actually don't give it. We return it to God. But our offerings is certainly another confession of the gospel. How do you give? Still, I'm amazed, Christians. How do you give? Well, it's in the same chapter, verse 14. It says, because of the surpassing grace. Say surpassing grace. God has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift of grace that allows us to be givers, to be generous, to serve, to give, to think about others, to serve them, to wish and bless and pray that they be saved. Thank you for this indescribable gift that allows me to come out of myself and not just be caring about my own self-interest, but to be caring about others. Thank you for that. Let's pray. Let's just close our eyes. Dear God in heaven, we thank you that we can partner with you to see your gospel touch, heal, save, deliver, transform the lost for eternity. Thank you that you would include us, that you have prepared us even before time began. You even knit us together in our mother's womb to make a difference for others. We are not born selfishly where we are, but Lord, because we're saved, because we're saved, freely you have received, freely give. Lord, I want to give my life away. I don't want to save my life and shrink and shrink and shrink. I want to be generous. I want my world to be bigger. I want my life to have more influence, Lord God. Teach me to be generous. Teach me to be an a, a, a giver, a generous giver, a sacrificial giver. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.